Hello, welcome back to a new episode of the Leading Yourself podcast. I'm going to start today's episode with a question. Let me ask you this. Do you think that your job keeps you too busy to practice self-care? I personally believe that practicing self-care at work has never been more crucial, especially in the aftermath of the global pandemic. Today, we're going to be talking about why self-care at work is important, and I'm going to be sharing some ideas on how you can proactively incorporate self-care at work. Welcome to the Leading Yourself podcast. This is your host, Carolina de Arriba. I'm an HR professional, health and fitness coach, wife, mom, and above all things, a goal-getter. In this podcast, we're going to be digging into all things leadership, professional and career development, habits, and relationships. This is a podcast for those who want to become the best version of themselves, those who have big dreams and are willing to embrace the journey and put in the work to achieve them. My goal is to share with you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you in your journey. So let's dig in into today's episode. If you think that your job keeps you too busy to practice self-care, first of all, you're not alone, but two, it doesn't have to be like this. I think that a lot of people think of self-care as activities that you do after work. You might look forward to having some me time after working for long hours. And then you discover that you have a million other things to address at home. And by the time that you finish with all of those things, it's already bedtime. And at that time, you're so tired that that self-care never comes. Daily burnout has become a serious issue at work. When we're all day on go-go mode and we keep putting our self-care in the back burner. It is the right time, I think, and it's about time that we recognize the importance that self-care at work has and make that a priority. I personally believe that practicing self-care at work, it has never been more crucial, especially in this whole aftermath after the global pandemic and how ways of working is changing and evolving so quickly. So why putting off taking care of yourself until the end of the day when you can do it during the day? Besides, self-care, I personally believe at least, is just so much more than taking a bubble bath or getting a massage. I believe that nourishing ourselves is a way to help us blossom in the direction that we want to go. And not only that, but it's attainable and it's completely worth the effort. So I want to share with you a few ways that you can practice self-care at work. Number one is to set healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries basically are limits that you place on yourself. These boundaries will set what are the acceptable behaviors of others around you when they interact with you. And also how you will react when someone tries to cross those boundaries. And they could be either physical as well as emotional. 
right? Um, setting boundaries at work is essential to protect your time, your values, and even your safety. And I think setting healthy boundaries start with setting boundaries with ourselves. I was not good at setting boundaries with myself and others at work. And then I switched jobs earlier this year, and I was very intentional about setting boundaries. I had a limiting belief that in my previous job, because I had been there for 13 years, and I already had a personal brand, um, and that personal brand involved me being 24-7, and responding without five minutes to every single email that was coming my way, that it would be very hard to set new boundaries because I was afraid that others would think that I was um, underperforming. And I think that was just a limiting belief. It was not true. I think now reflecting back, I think you can set boundaries anytime, anywhere, but you need to start with yourself. So as I said this year, I've been very intentional about setting boundaries, starting with myself. I work from home and one boundary that has been really critical for me is when I'm working and when I'm not, because I could be working 20 hours a day since I am home and Uh, It's very easy, right, to work longer hours. Definitely is what I was experiencing when the pandemic hit and we started working from home. And now that I continue to work from home, I've had to be very mindful to set those boundaries. So I have boundaries to when I start to work so I can protect my morning routine. Uh, If you've been following me along, you know that my morning routine is a must, And when I don't have time for my morning routine, my day is chaotic and I don't have the same energy and I'm not as productive. So it's in my best interest and in the best interest of my team and everyone around me that I'm able to protect my morning routine. I also have to set boundaries around lunchtime and me having a break in between all the meetings in the middle of the day. Because when I have a break in the middle of the day, then I'm more productive in the afternoon. You know, as we, as I'm working all day at one point, if I don't have that break, I am tired. I am not as present. So protecting that break in the middle of the day has become really critical. So I block my calendar for lunch so I don't get meetings. And there's always exceptions to every rule. And What I've learned is that you need to be flexible, but firm at the same time. So if it's, for example, checking emails, I need to be firm with myself not to check emails while I'm having lunch. I have to be firm with myself to not have lunch, be sitting at my desk, but actually change the scenery, go somewhere else, um, and really disconnect from work, even if it's for 15 minutes right? And disconnect from technology. I'm going to talk about that later. And then I also had to set boundaries as to when I stop working, right? And for me, that is critical because my kids get from home and I need to prepare dinner. And 
at that point, I need to stop working. In some days, I might come up later when my kids are asleep, but I try not to because having that rest time in the evening also helps me to more easily wind down for the day and have a better night's sleep. So those are some boundaries that I set for myself. But the other thing is, as I mentioned before, I used to be that person that was connected 24-7, even on vacation, um, on weekends, all the time. And I will have this urge to respond to emails immediately as they came in. And that what created is that I got distracted all the time. I wasn't productive. I wasn't present when I was not working, like when I was with my family, because I was constantly on my emails. And that is not good for my health and is not good for my relationship with the people that matter most to me. So now, even if I see an email, which most of the times I do, I tried um, and not to respond unless it's something urgent. If it's urgent, I go and respond at whatever time it is. But if not, I just leave it there. And the next morning um, during the first half hour of my day, which I have blocked to plan my day, check what meetings I have, check that I'm ready for all of those meetings. And then I respond to any emails that came from the day before until the morning. So setting boundaries, very important. Start with yourself, but also set boundaries with others, right? When can they reach out to you? What are the base, the best ways to reach out to you when you're on, when you're off? Uh, one thing that I love about the company that I work for right now is that we're so respectful of time off. And I think that's absolutely amazing. The fact that when you're taking time off from work, people really respect that because everyone wants everyone to have that time to disconnect and recharge. And that is amazing. If you don't have that today, put some boundaries around it. Protect your time off because that is also important piece of you feeling at your best and being productive and be able to give your best at work and stay engaged at work. Okay, self-care practice number two, do just fine. Not every day is going to be your best day. I need to repeat this to myself all the time. I come to realize that it's just not possible to give the same great results every day. As much as I want to, to be on my A game, to have the best day every day, there are days that I go to bed and it was just an okay day. And sometimes I feel defleted by that. Or sometimes it was even a bad day and then we enter this emotional roller coaster that it's not helpful for us for our mental health, but also for our engagement at work and our productivity at work. And just being okay to be just fine, it's, I think, a very important way of practicing self-care because otherwise we just beat ourselves up for not being or having a great day. And there's exceptions to every rule. We can try our best and even when we do, we're not always going to have our best day. 
So be okay with being just fine. Self-practice number three, say no. Saying no can be really hard, especially if you're a people pleaser or you're an overachiever. I find it a lot of times very difficult, right? I want to be helpful. I don't want others to believe that I don't want to support. Um, Saying no is an essential aspect of, once again, creating healthy boundaries. It will provide you a sense of empowerment while also actively helping you maintain your relationships. As contradictory as that may seem, when you're able to say no, and say no not because you're lazy or you don't want to help or things like that, but say no because it doesn't align with your priorities. And sometimes saying no um, doesn't mean not at all, but it means I can't help right now. I can do it in a different time or no, but let me connect you with someone that can help you, right? And I think when you are able to say no in a way that you can justify and and it it makes sense, right? Um, You gain the respect of other people. Because I think it's worse to say yes to everything and then underperform in all the things that you say yes to. I think for me, I always need to remind myself that every time that I say yes to something, I'm saying no to something else and vice versa. When you say no to something, you have the opportunity to say yes to something else. So I want to make sure that I'm saying yes to the things that are most aligned with my priorities and the priorities of my team and the company at that time based on the resources that I have available at that time. And when I say yes, I want to give my 110% in what I'm doing. And if I say yes to everything, it becomes really hard to give your 100% in everything you sign up for. So being selective in what you say yes and learning to say no is also a way to practice self-care and it will help you avoid burnout and that sense of stress and overwhelm that comes when you feel you have so much to do and there's just not enough time in the day to do it all or feeling that you can't perform up to your standards and to the expectations of others. Self-care tip number four, use technology mindfully. Technology is a gift. We are able to be so much more productive, to do so many things that we were not able to do years ago thanks to technology. However, I think it's important to treat technology in a way that is intentional and mindful. I think a lot of times we default to technology instead of connecting face-to-face with other human beings. And we are, after all, social creatures. And being able to interact face-to-face with others without technology, it's important. When you are in meetings, be present in the meetings, not scrolling on your phone, Um I used to be that person and I'm not anymore. I put my technology away and I'm focused on where I am at the moment. And that has made such a big difference in how I feel 
and how I'm able to contribute to the meetings that I'm part of, the discussions that I'm part of. So I think setting boundaries with technology, again, we're coming, we're going to keep coming back to boundaries, but setting boundaries on when you use technology and use it mindfully when it makes sense. And remember to take breaks from technology during the day. Like when I take my lunch break, I try not to involve any type of technology, not even for personal reasons, right? How many times when we take a break from work, we find ourselves scrolling on our phone on social media? That That is not a true break. We are connected to technology all day long in the current way that work happens, right? Our computers are our main tool for work. If, if you work in a corporate kind of job like I do. I realize that that's not true for everyone. But if you have a corporate job and like an office job, our computers are our main instrument for work. And when we're out of work, we're connected to our phones or our personal devices. And having breaks from technology is important. And making sure that we're connecting with people face to face without technology. Okay. So Self-care tip number six, celebrate small victories, celebrate small wins. You know, we go and work for hours and weeks and months, and we're always waiting to cross that finish line in order to celebrate. We're waiting until we finish that big project or that big deliverable in order to celebrate, if we even celebrate at all. I think with all the different commitments and responsibilities that we have at work and how busy we tend to be, we tend to forget to acknowledge our small victories. And I think it's important to acknowledge those small victories that we have ourselves and recognize those on others as well. Um, I think that we all like to be praised and recognized for a good work done. We might all have our own preferences on how we like that to happen. Some people um, like to be recognized in public. Some people like to be recognized in private. Um, I think very little times we think about how we like to recognize ourselves. And we forget to do it. I think we need to get more in the habit of celebrating our own victories without the need to have someone else celebrate our victories. I think one of the reasons why as human beings we get disappointed with something is when we have an expectation in our minds that ends up not being met. Let me expand on that in this context of celebrating small wins. If in your mind, you have an expectation that others around you, whether it is your boss, your peers, your colleagues, your team, recognizes you and praises you for the work that you do, and that doesn't happen, 
you get really disappointed and you think that your work is not value, that you're not seen, that you're not heard, that you're not value, that other people get recognized, but you don't. And that is when we start to disengage from work and that impacts our well-being and our productivity at work. And whether that is right or not, that is indifferent. My point I'm trying to make is that the only reason you feel disappointed, the only reason that you feel undervalued is because you had an expectation in your mind and only in your mind that was not met. And I think we cannot rely on others to celebrate our wins, but we need to celebrate our own wins. And especially those small wins, because every small win matter. So what is a way that you can celebrate your own wins? This is one of mine. I like at the end of the day, and I love that um, at work we use uh, Microsoft Teams, and there's this app in Microsoft Teams that helps you like wrap up your day. And I don't use it every day, but it it has a notification of it's time to wrap up your day, which is a great reminder of the boundaries that I have set for myself as to when I stop working, but also is a great reminder for myself to end a day with a two-minute reflection. It doesn't take more than that. And I just reflect on, okay, what open things I'm leaving from today that I can write down on my to-do list so I don't forget tomorrow and I kind, kind of like brain dump them so they're not bothering me for the rest of the evening. And the other thing that I do is I reflect on what went well today. What are things that are worth celebrating today? And I celebrate every day something small. Typically are very little things that in the past I would have never celebrated. And when I mean celebrate, it's just reflecting on on those things. And sometimes celebrating is sharing it with my husband at dinner and say, hey, today this really cool thing happened, or I did this thing that I feel proud of. Or sometimes it's just reminding myself and telling myself, good job, you did that. Be proud of yourself. So think about what are ways that you can celebrate your small victories. And not only think about yourself. I mean, today's episode is about self-care. But I think in helping others feeling seen and heard, how can you also do that with others? I do that every Friday. Every Friday um, over Teams, we have like this little chat with all my team and I do like a wrap up of the week and I highlight some of the key things that happened that week and I take that opportunity to celebrate our wins as a team and to shout out people in my team for things that they did that week. And I know that sometimes, you know, there might be things that I did not see that I was not aware of. So they did not got included on my message. And I can see how people might feel left out. But I try to be inclusive in the sense that everything that I'm aware of, I try to share. Um, And I think it's a good practice to have. Okay, self-care tip number seven leave situations. 
a lot of times we fail to recognize that this option is always available to us. You are not required to have a cheerful persona all the time. It is all right to leave any setting that makes you feel uncomfortable, lonely, sad, um, whether it is leaving the room, leaving people, leaving the conversation, leaving the project, leaving the situation, anything that makes you feel that you don't have a sense of belonging, move, move away from that situation. You can always come back to it after you have um, kind of think through and find a way to get immersed in the situation that is productive. But a lot of times we are in situations that are impacting us negatively. They're maybe making us get upset or we are just uncomfortable. And in those situations, when those emotions are arousing, we can we can respond in a way that if we had an opportunity to put some space between the situation and our response, we would respond differently. Um, so I always, I'm a supporter of if you do not feel a sense of belonging, if you feel that a situation is making you uncomfortable, is irritating you, give yourself permission to walk away from that situation in a polite way, right? Not in a way that you offend others in that situation. So you can recharge yourself, recenter yourself, and then come back to the situation. And I think this is a way of protecting your relationships with others at work, but it's a way of protecting yourself, right? If you're in a situation that is making you feel uncomfortable or making you get irritated, that is not healthy for you. So walk away, recentered, recollect yourself, and then come back. Self-care practice number seven, ask for help. And this one is hard for me, I have to admit, because a lot of times um, growing up and in my professional career, I always thought that if I had to ask for help, that was an indication that I was not good enough, that um, I, I was not competent, that I was not... Uh, the right person for the job. Um, and this came from, and if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, I had the amazing opportunity to grow very quickly at the beginning of my career. And I was put in roles that I was 100% not ready for. And I was always afraid to ask for help. And that became a habit. And I'm retraining myself to be okay asking for help. You know, there's going to be times that you might think that you could handle the entire project by yourself, but it will lead you to more stress and exhaustion. And sometimes at the end, the end product might not be the best output that it could be. So I think we need to leave our egos to our side and ask for help 
when we need that help. So whenever you have a choice, ask for help. Asking for help that not make you incapable. Instead, if you will only help, if, if you can get help to finish things faster and better, and it can help you save energy, and it can, at the end of the day, the end product to be the best output for the benefit of your team or the company that you work at. And I think we all want that, right? We all have that common vision. We want to win. We want to create the best quality of work. We want to make the biggest, best impact that we possibly can. And sometimes that means that we can't do it by ourselves and that we need help. Whether it's help because you need an expertise that you don't have, help because you don't have the bandwidth, help because you need to finish faster than you're capable to do by yourself, leave your ego to a side and be okay to ask for help. Okay, self-care tip number eight, build positive habits. Um, Things like self-criticism, toxic perfectionism, They just encourage negative self-talk. And it is hard to keep hope in those situations. So instead of being critical of yourself, I think it's a way of self-care and of loving yourself and appreciating yourself is to accept your flaws. We all have them, whether we accept them or not. And life is so much easier when you accept them. Attempting to build positive lifestyle habits such as positive self-talk and body language are crucial for your self-care. How many times um, do you beat yourself up because you made a mistake or because you fall short of what your expectations of yourself were. I know I do that all the time. And I need to get in the habit of letting go of that self-criticism and embrace more positive habits on around self-talk, right? And accepting that I made mistakes, that I am not perfect, but that I can learn from those mistakes. And when I talk to myself in a positive way, I typically end up finding a more constructive solution to the problem than when I'm just beating myself up. And I feel more empowered. I feel more engaged. I feel more committed to the outputs than when I'm just criticizing myself. So I think developing those Positive self-talk habits as another way of taking care of yourself, but also can help you to be better at your work. Okay, Um, self-care tip number nine, set a sleep schedule. You know, sleep is so crucial, right? And the best... Okay, I just realized I've been talking for the last 30 minutes. So I want to end today's episode here. And I will be doing a part two of this episode 
next week for you where I'll share more self-care tips at work that can be helpful. I try to be mindful to keep these episodes around the 30-minute mark, so it is convenient to listen while you're commuting to work or maybe you're hopping on your treadmill and going for a walk or going outside for a run. So I'm going to stop here and we'll do a part two of this episode. Before I let you go, I want to share something that um, I think fits really well with the theme of today's podcast episode. As we are approaching the end of the year, I always like to take time at the end of the year to plan the year ahead. And I have a whole process on how I go about planning my year, setting priorities, setting a vision for the year. And this year, I want to host a planning session. This is a live workshop where I will be guiding you step-by-step how to plan your day. You know, I am tired of the word busy. I think we use the word busy with a badge of honor and it breaks my heart sometimes to see so many people in a constant sense of exhaustion and overwhelmed. I think there is a better way to manage our time and be more intentional and align with our priorities. So in this live workshop, I will be showing you how to create a meaningful plan to leave an intentional year in 2023, to gain clarity around your priorities and find fulfillment in all roles of your life. In this workshop, we will be building your vision board for 2023, helping you identify and set your priorities Build an intuitive system and routines so you can spend less time spinning your wheels and more time doing the things that light you up and that help you make the best impact you possibly can. But also how to embrace self-care as a non-negotiable part of your life. To ditch the burnout and start living a life on your own terms. You learn the exact tools, systems, and habits that I use to live by design. So if you want to join that session, check out the show notes of this podcast episode for all the details. I hope to see you there next November 23rd. With that, I hope you have a great day, a great week ahead, and I'll see you here back for part two of self-care routines at work.